Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking, basically finishing up the rest of the 2017 season and what we have to look forward to this offseason, what we think should happen or what we think will happen. But first, what do you guys have any final thoughts on the playoff game? I know that everybody's still kind of arguing on Twitter, placing the blame where they think it should be. I think that it's pretty much an overall whole team. You know, I, I've, I've mentioned Andy Reid and Matt Nagy on Twitter, and everyone takes it as I'm placing the blame fully on them. I think this is one of those things that it's a game that you can really put on the whole team, whether it's coaching staff and players. I don't think that there's any one area. I think that everyone messed up at some point in the game in critical moments. But is there anything you guys want to touch up more on from the game? Uh, I mean, I think at this point, it's just been through it that every, I mean, I think we've seen all the videos, all the clips, all the GIFs, everything. I think it just comes down to this was a team loss as much as you can have a team loss. The offense had a great first half, couldn't do anything the second half, couldn't even score one point. All you needed was one field goal, couldn't make a field goal. Now you had a field goal, Butker missed it. Butker's been great all year. It was one field goal now. Had he gone all kicker we won't name, we're talking different. But it was one field goal. It was a 49-yarder. Should have made it, but nobody's going to fry him or say he should be gone. The defense, you get handed a 18-point lead, you should be able to hold that. The defense didn't hold it. Some of it's play calling. Some of it's player execution. I mean, it's a little both. It's not all. I know Seth Kaiser did a big thing on Twitter today where he went through the whole second half and said why it was player execution, and it was player execution. The players screwed a bunch of stuff up. But at the same time, these are players we've seen screw that same stuff up for five years now, and yet Andy Reid still kept calling that play, knowing more likely they're going to screw it up. So stop calling that play. And on third and nine in the most important drive of the season, don't call a play that goes to your third string tight end if you don't want him to drop it, you know. <laughs> but same thing with defense. Yeah, Sutton called a horrible game. At the same time, that didn't mean the players didn't have to not tackle and be out of position. That didn't mean Jarrell Rivas had to jog at the running back at the end. And it's just on everybody. You can You can literally – I could literally write an entire article – about why the special teams lost it, why the offense lost it, why the defense lost it. I could write three articles, and by the end of each one, I'd have you believe in it was all their fault. So just think it was a team loss. They all got to take it. They all got to eat it, and everybody screwed something up that hopefully they take into 2018 with chips on their shoulder and ready to prove everybody wrong. Well, I yes and no. I agree that yeah, there's 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 situations that came up in that game where our players could have done better and this could have happened and we could have caught some balls and the kick could have been made and and all these things would have made the game a little bit more interesting. However, Cream Hunt ran the ball five times after the first quarter. That's insane to me. If he runs twenty times. We win the game. That changes. That just changes the game. It changes the pace. It it just changes. It gives him an opportunity to do some great things. Um, it, it, 
you can't blame him on player execution when he doesn't get a chance to execute the ball. It's the head coach's job. It's the coach's job, the coaching staff's job to uh, make sure these players execute. That didn't happen. Um, there's, I still think play calling had a lot to do with it. Uh, it you can't, you can't have the, uh, the NFL's leading rusher rush 11 times with a giant lead um, and, and, and hold on. Not this team, not this coach. It just doesn't happen. Uh, I read the article, too, by Kaiser, and he made a lot of good points, and I respect him a whole bunch. But in the end, it, it just <clears> – <throat> there were certain players that needed to execute, and they didn't, they didn't get the ball, and mainly Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill dropped a couple passes. Nobody's going to throw him under the bus. Nobody's going to, like you said, nobody's going to throw Butker under the bus for kicking that field goal. That wouldn't have been a game winner anyway, because Tennessee found themselves down there at towards the end. Any, anyhow, instead of kneeling, they probably would have just drove it in another 20, 15 yards. And that would have been how they lost. So it, it's, that Tennessee game was just the perfect uh, perfect exclamation mark on what this season was. Start off really fast and really good and just kind of fade away. And, and that's what the Chiefs did. Um, <clears throat> it's something that I think, I think will, will change over time. Uh, with different personnel and different coaching staff in there, but uh, but on this game, I, I do. I I agree. Uh, I agree one hundred percent with Andy Reid. It's his fault. He's got to do better, and he's got to figure it out. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys just said. I think um, you know we we've all read the article that's pretty much been thrown in our face that anyone that disagrees that Andy Reid or Matt Nagy had anything to do with this loss. But, I, like I said, I agree with some of the points that, that Kaiser made, and I see where he's coming from, and I agree with what you guys are saying. I agree that you need to make sure that you know your playmakers get more than 11 touches in a playoff game especially when you only get five and three quarters. I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. I understand that a lot of those were, you know, read pass options. Well, obviously none of those are really going towards the run except for when it's just absolute disaster. And Alex Smith pretty much just panics and hands him the ball instead of trying to make a play out of it whenever the um, edge rushers are caving in. But I don't think that Hunt really had an opportunity. I know that... Uh, you know, he had a certain percentage of the plays in the second half. But I think there was maybe one or two that he really had an opportunity. And one of them, he didn't make the right uh, cut. He ran right into the pile, which was just absolutely on Cream Hunt. But most of them, like I said, uh, there was at least three of them that Alex Smith just gave him the ball because it was, everything was caving in. The line didn't block, um, you know, at least well enough. I don't think that Hunt really had an opportunity to get going. And, you know, we I, I talked about this earlier in the season, especially whenever we were having this meltdown of a season, uh, basically at the 6-6 six and six point. And I, I, I wrote an article, and in the article I put, when Kareem Hunt gets, you know, the ball a certain amount of times versus when he doesn't. And 
the record when Kareem Hunt gets the ball at least 16 or 17 times, we lost maybe one game. One. As compared to when he gets 9 to 11 carries, we've won maybe one or two. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out that giving the ball to Kareem Hunt, getting the run game going, yes, I understand that the Titans have this great run defense, but you still have to use the run game, especially when your star tight end is out for the game and all of the other help is going to Tyreek Hill. I get what everyone's saying about player execution and I do I agree I agree with everybody that there was player execution there was times that Alex Smith did not pull the trigger and yes Patrick Mahomes would have made the throw I get all of that but at the same time I agree with you guys where you guys say that it comes down to the head coach we we have too many players that have been here for multiple playoffs even if you want to just talk about last year because this was a complete you know, pretty much the same exact thing from last year. Not giving the running back the ball. About 11 carries. You know, you got drop passes. You got Alex Smith not, um, you know, pulling the trigger. Missing missing guys come open. You got the defense not really tackling in the run game. I mean, it's, it's the same old story. And I, I don't understand how it's so hard to comprehend that Andy Reid is at the top of the chain. Andy Reid has to change something if he wants it to get fixed. If your players are not executing year after year in the playoffs, it is your job to find a solution. It doesn't, you know, I get that the players are going to lose that game, but the players are not going to lose their job because they lost a couple playoff games. Head coaches usually do. It is their job. Just like if I mess up in my job, it is on my boss. My boss is the one that gets yelled by his boss. It is up to the head coach to fix these problems, and it's not getting done. That That is my well, main issue with Andy Reid. Well, two, two things real quick, and then I'm done with this season. One, it's an apologetic piece that Kaiser wrote. Because both Reed and Nagy both came out and said that they were taking 100% of the blame. <laughs> so to me, it's kind of an apologetic piece on their behalf, um, and, and to try to to try to swing fans and critics alike to a, a, a certain area. Um, but and you you kind of hit on it there, Travis. Uh, the personnel that we have on the field last week was quite different than the personnel we had on the field against Indianapolis. And so if Andy Reid has a problem getting his players to execute, to me that is a coaching problem. That's not a player problem. Um, and I can see where I can see where somebody would take take the different route there, but really, you couldn't get these guys to focus. You couldn't get these guys to execute. And years later, you can't get this different group of people to execute or this different people, group of people to focus. To me, is it just, are we just, do we just have the wrong players in Kansas City? Or do we need to make some changes? And I'm not saying fire Andy Reid. 
but maybe he needs to really seriously this time look at himself, look in the mirror, and figure out what he needs to do. He doesn't need people like you or me or Seth Kaiser or Ian Rappaport or anybody else telling him what the problems are or what he needs to change. He should know. He's out there. He's there. He watches this game film, hopefully more than anybody, any of us. And uh, so it's I, – I, I will stick with it. I'm not going to change my mind if Kareem Hunt ran 20 times, uh, the Chiefs win that game and they didn't and i don't think there's any excuse there's no excuse for not running any more than five times after the first quarter it's insane yeah and i mean i'm like you one last thing and then we'll get rid of this crap all the season but you know it comes down to okay execution or play calling play calling or execution well Coach's job is to get a player ready to execute. Player doesn't execute. That's coaching just as much as calling the wrong play, especially when it's veterans who have been in the league for as long as Alex Smith and guys that have been in your system for multiple years. And when the results are the same, you got to look at the common denominator. The common denominator is Andy Reid. So, yeah, it's – I mean, if you ask me to put the blame on anybody, I'm going to put the whole season on Andy Reid because – I predicted this season would go exactly like it went before the season even started. We'd win. We'd make the playoffs. Didn't know if we'd win division or not, but I figured it'd be close. And it was. We barely won it. But we'd look really good. We'd have a couple games where we look like Super Bowl champs, and we'd have a couple games where we look like the Cleveland Browns. And we did. And then we'd get in the playoffs, and we'd choke in the playoffs. Because that's what... Andy Reid's teams do, and it happened. I mean, we've all even agreed that Alex Smith was going to have his best year. He did. I mean, everything went exactly according to plan. So when it's that easy to predict, it just is what it is. And, you know, if you want to blame play calling on defense and say Bob Sutton should be fired because that defensive play calling was horrible, but then you can't turn around and say, well, it's all about player execution on the other side, dude. It's both, yin and yang. So, But I'm sure we'll get to Bob Sutton here before too long. So let's be <laughs> done with this crap hole of the season and just move on to bigger and better things. All right, before we, we move on, is this the worst playoff <laughs> loss under Andy Reid? Yes. I think so, just because, I mean, the Colt one was just pathetic. But you were at home. And it was against the Tennessee Titans. You were like well, twelve point favorites, and you lost at home again. And it's also funny that we get to have a topic of is this the worst loss? Because that's pretty funny when you can actually have a topic like that. <laughs> I, I think it is. I actually, uh, you know, told our editor that I'm working on a piece for that, just because I get the fact that there was we had a bigger. Uh, lead against the Indianapolis Colts, but like you touched on, we were at home this time. Look at look at how many times we've lost since then. Look at uh, the player personnel that we have compared to back then. You know, you look at the matchup. The Indianapolis Colts back then, back in 2013, were a playoff contender every year. 
And it, it wasn't a one-and-done team every year like the Chiefs have been. And it was, it was an actual respectable opponent. Whereas the Tennessee Titans are a complete mediocre team that barely squeezed in only because the really because the Ravens threw up on the field against the Bengals. The Bengals just have a really good way of knocking people out of the playoffs in the last week, apparently. But, um, you know, you look at the personnel, and that, that actually blew my mind, just looking back at the personnel that from 2013 to now. You know, you were throwing to guys like Dwayne Bowe and Donnie Avery and Anthony Fasano at tight end. Uh, Jamal Charles was out after, you know, the first three snaps. And then it was Niall Davis. Niall Davis gets hurt in late in the game, and Cyrus Gray comes in. I mean, just, like, the personnel jump from 2013 to 2017, it's mind-blowing that we're still having the same issues with such better personnel and losing against worse teams. I mean, I, I cannot stress to you enough how I think this is easily the worst loss in the playoffs under Andy Reid since he came to the Chiefs, at least. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Let's let's look at some of the uh, what we have to look forward to in the offseason. Um, but first off, let's, let's talk. What do you guys think about our new offensive coordinator? I can't uh, even pronounce I, his name. Eric Bienemy. Bienemy. Yep. Eric, the enemy of my B enemy. And I, I like Eric. I think he's a solid coach from what I understand, you know, from what you see on Twitter and what you hear from football guys is that he's very well respected around the league. People got real high opinions of him. A lot of people think he's going to be a head coach someday, which if you're an Andy Reid offensive coordinator, that kind of guarantees you a head coaching job at this point. Does it really mean anything? Not really. Andy's going to call every play. It's not like, you know, I hear people, oh, he's got a good, strong, you know, voice running game in his ear. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll get in his ear and get him to run the ball more. In the league, Andy Reid's been coaching for 19 years, calling plays for 19 years. If they haven't gotten his head by now, they're not going to. So I, I don't know how big of a deal it is. I like Eric Bieniemy. I hate the fact that he screwed Mizzou 29 years ago with a fifth down play that was complete BS. But other than that, I, I have no problem with him, and I guess it's a good hire. I'd prefer him to go outside the comfort zone at some point, but Andy Reid never does that. So I like the move. Um, I'm one of those dimwits that Britt was talking about. I think uh, I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that his voice will be heard slightly, maybe a maybe a dim whisper. Um, I think that uh, I think it will make a difference. I think you'll see. I don't think we'll be able to have the same narrative as we had this year. Uh, we should we should run the ball more. In fact, I would be willing to place a bet with you two of you pick. You pick. Yeah, you pick them bet. We will not see Kareem Hunt rush for less than 11 yards barring injury in any game next season. 11 carries or 11 yards? 
11 carries. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take that. Will you? Yep, in a heartbeat. I, I, I just... Now, 12 may be the number. <laughs> may be the magic number. But I think you're going to see a difference. Uh, I, I think uh, n- now his influence, I- I'm not for sure how much of an influence he would have on Andy Reid. I agree. Andy Reid's been in the league too long and hasn't been influenced by anybody. But I, I just feel like I feel like he's going to continue to push and continue to push the run game. I think he knows he knows those running backs. He knows what they can deliver and what they can do. And uh, and I, I think it's I think it's a good pick. He probably won't be in Kansas City for long, uh, but uh, I think it's a good pick. I think uh, we'll see we'll see more rush attempts next season, and uh, and I sure hope so because I've just made a bet. <laughs> and, I mean, and the I'll last time you call it, I'll go ahead and call the next bet now is that in two years at week twelve. You'll hear he's he's uh, going to take over the play calling as his name starts to get mentioned in head coaching jobs. No, I think that's usually the second year, not the first year. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, the, the year after. Okay. So in 2019, right around week 12, week 13. I'm I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right about let's, the time you the hear his time. name snuck around as head coaching, all of a sudden he'll be calling plays. Right. Let's, I say let's look at the quotes. last time that Chris wanted to predict something. It had us going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'd probably bet against you too, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I told you guys I'd lose all all the credibility I ever had with that crap. <sighs> oh well, it's all right. <clears throat> all right. So the USC running back coach coming up, you know, to be our running back coach. Do you guys have any real thoughts on him? I don't. I don't know him really at all so do you guys have any thoughts there i i don't know the first thing about him i from what i'm hearing he was the number one running back coach in college i don't know what that means exactly and (laughs) usc's had a real good running back coming out this year so but it's a running back coach i'm not going to get overly worried about a position coach either way so Uh, yeah I, i i don't i have nothing to say really i if if Eric doesn't have any influence on on Andy Reid, then this guy's not going to have in, any influence on Eric or Andy. So it, it's a uh, it's a good position. Congratulations um, and uh, enjoy your time here until you become offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, and with the enemy still being around too, I mean, you know he's going to be sneaking into the running back room and stuff a bunch. So oh yeah. All right, so now we're going to take a look at what what players have played their last game as Chiefs. I think that there's going to be quite a big turnaround this offseason. I don't think a lot of people are really expecting it. You know, there's there's the obvious Alex Smith, you know, playing his last game as a Chief. Um, you know, you got other guys like Tomba, uh, possibly DJ, uh, unless they try and I honestly wouldn't actually be surprised if they went and negotiated a smaller deal to bring him back but who who are some other guys that you think that could possibly be you know headed out the door this offseason that could be a little bit of a surprise to most fans well i mean like you said i i don't know how much everybody's really paid attention to it we're losing 13 well we have 13 unrestricted free agents 
as of right now. I mean, and those include Colquitt, Benny Logan, Zach Fulton, Albert Wilson, Sherman, Anthony Thomas, Terrence Mitchell, uh, Raheem Nunez, Rochez. I mean, there's some decent names on that list that are now available for anybody. All right, uh, let's go down that list, and we'll we'll each say if we think they'll be back next year. Okay, there. I'll 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 start it. All right, uh, Benny Logan. I he th- made no. seven point nine million. This I don't year. I don't think he'll make. Um, well, I mean, seven point nine. That's not bad for a solid run stuffer, depending on if they change their scheme and everything. But going by what they're doing now, I I think he'll be back. I say no. I say maybe. And it's just because that that's the high end of the uh, nose tackle market. Um, him and Poe both right around the same price. Poe's actually a free agent now, too. Yeah, they, they both um, had a pretty similar deal. And it's year. one of those, they both had years, and if you look at it from our, you know, just a fan, you look at the numbers, you're like, God, they suck. But PFF has him rated a top two or three run stuffer in the league. Yeah, that's my thing. I think he was a great run stuffer. I think he was probably so, the most um, consistent guy on the defensive line this year. So, yeah, I, I, so think I mean, I, I could see him bringing him back, especially, I mean, I don't know how free agency is going to work this year if it waits till the draft and maybe they wait, see if they can draft somebody. And then if they don't call his name, but they obviously they have to bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. We don't have another nose tackle. So I could see him coming back. He's one of those for the right price. I don't think they're going to pay him. They're going to give him a raise to nine or 10 million. No. But, you know, if he'd signed for six or something, I, I could easily see him bringing him back. Dustin Colquitt. No. Five five million a year? No. Absolutely not. He he's I, I, I think that people are holding him to a standard of a couple years ago. I don't think he's as good as he was a couple years ago. I think that um he's maybe maybe slightly above average, but are you willing to pay two or three million more for a punter? For slightly above average, I'm I'm definitely not. I think that paying five million dollars for your punter every year is showing that you have no confidence in your offense. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he'll be back next year. I agree. No, I think he could be if he takes a huge pay cut. Like if I mean if he'll sign league minimum or maybe even you know two million. He won't though. He's he's uh, getting up there in age and he's trying to get as much money as possible, especially as a punter. Yeah. That's why I think it's one of those things. He'll go on the market. We won't. It won't be anything quick. If somebody's giving him three, three, five, four, whatever, we'll be like, okay, good luck. We're we're gonna give you one point five two max. If he doesn't take it, he doesn't take it. Personally, I'm of the assumption if you know what the punter's name is and you care, you have more problems. <laughs> because I would give either one of you a hundred dollars right now if you could name me the Patriots punter. Without Googling it, you have to do it right now, Chris. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We could hear the clicking. You know, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, yes, I love having a great punter, but it's a complete luxury that nobody really needs. So, 
Next on the list is Chris's favorite player, who I'm assuming he wants a max contract for, in Philip Gaines. No. Nope. <laughs> Kick him uh, out of no, the NFL. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that one quick and just say no. An interesting one, though. Zach Fulton. No. Unless they uh, offer him a starting position, no, I think that he could go and start it for other teams. Yeah, I don't see him coming back. Now, that's a good question, though, if they name him starter, because I've heard a lot of people, since Morris went out, say Fulton is actually a better center, and they could move Mitch to guard. I think they're very different centers. I think that Morris is more of a athletic and get out ahead of the run to block. I think that Fulton is your more stocky uh, power center. So, I mean, it kind of all depends but at the same time, I think that Mitch Morse was also playing still hurt this year. So, I don't know. I, I think that with Fulton, we had a couple, you know, at least once a game you had a terrible snap. But, I don't know. I, I, I think that it'd be an interesting conversation, uh, to say the least. But I don't think that they're going to push Morse out. I think that they should get more power heavy with a back like Kareem Hunt. You know, you don't have Jamal Charles anymore, so all these finesse guys on the offensive line is not going to work as well as it would have for Jamal Charles. But, um, no, I think he'll go somewhere else and uh, get a starting position and a bigger deal. But it, it will kind of suck next year not having a really reliable backup to just step in there anywhere on the interior. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I think he's going to get a starting job somewhere. That unless they don't trust Morse can stay healthy, which he hasn't. So if they don't think Morse can stay healthy, I could see them maybe overpaying for what they originally you know, for a backup just because they expect him to start a bunch of games. But I think he's going to get a good, a decent starting offer that he would take over a backup offer. Well, I don't even think that it's that he can't stay healthy. I think, you know, like I said, I think he was still playing hurt. I think they rushed him back, you know, and he's played all the games his previous season. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't jump to saying that he's injury prone or we have to worry about his health. I think that they just rushed him back and he was playing hurt. Um, but yeah, it, either way, I don't see him taking Morse's spot, and I don't see him staying in Kansas City. Yeah. Albert Wilson. That's the hard one. Surprise. He made one point seven million this year. Obviously uh, he's think... gonna be asking for more, and I think he proved that he can get more. I think they'll bring him back. I'll say yes on that one. I, I think they'll bring him back. And I think he wants to play for Kansas City. And I think he wants to play with Patrick Mahomes, especially after week seventeen. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is good for business for Albert Wilson. Uh, I, I see Wilson sticking around. I think, and I, Wilson, I think they'll bring Wilson back too. I, I actually think, he, <laughs> I, th I think Wilson will be, he'll be the uh, only receiver we had in the off season, to be honest with you. I think he's, he's going to be the guy. And, and I think, uh, that's, probably the one that I'm actually most confident in. I think Albert Wilson will definitely be a chief next year. Well, I, I mean, I think if you, I think if you look at the history, I mean, they've kept him around for the last three years when everybody else in the world wanted to get rid of him. I don't see them getting rid of him now that 
everybody else wants him. Like he just this season he proved their point. So I don't know why I can't see them getting rid of a guy that you guys are stupid. We know what we're talking about. And then he proved we were all stupid. And he goes, okay, now we'll <laughs> let him go. My thing was, I was stupid because I hated Wilson, and now I'm all for bringing him back. Right, and I am too. I'm I'm right there with you. I before the season, I was saying cut him because you know he like like we said, he's proved himself this year. He's proved what he can do. You have two other thousand yard receivers and a thousand yard rusher, and he still came up with five hundred over five hundred yards this season. Um, you know, missing a few games as well. But my problem is is you know you you look at the the other receivers. I think that Wilson has proved that he can be a starter uh, somewhere. I don't think that he would be a starter here. I think that Chris Conley is going to come back unless some barring injury doesn't get him back on the field. I think he's going to be back to number two. Um, the Chiefs have shown that they really want to get Robinson involved. Then you got Chesson, who you just you know brought in. I, I think that Wilson might want a little too much money for his role. And I think that would be the deciding factor. I think it really depends on how much are they wanting to get Robinson in there? Are they expecting Chris Conley to come back and be your number two? Uh, I've said that I think that Chris Conley will improve significantly with Patrick Mahomes, someone that's willing to throw those jump balls. But it, it is one of those things we have to watch an injury and see what develops there. But I think that I think it could go either way, but just a, for sake of argument, I'll say no. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anthony Sherman. No. Mm, I hate to say it, but no. I think he's a great guy. I think he's been kept here for special teams for the most part. But for, you know, he, he took a pay cut last offseason. But the amount of use you use him, it really doesn't matter how good he is. He's not – it. you know, you can – if you really need a fullback at some point, you can put Spencer Ware in as fullback. He he came to Kansas City as a fullback. Just list him as your fullback and, you know, just make him your alternate with Kareem Hunt, and I'm happy. I don't see the reason to pay Sherman for very little snaps. I think that, yeah. that, that position, or not position, but that spot on the roster could easily go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that position's dead for us, especially with Mahomes, because they're going to be going out of shotgun 80% of the time with Mahomes. Well, and just the league <laughs> so in I, general is going shotgun. And, um, yeah, and I mean, Sherman's make it, going to be making league you know veteran minimum. Well, to need a fullback for two plays a game, hell, get an undrafted free agent fat guy in here and let's go with it, or just let Chris Jones be a fullback on a goal line play or something. <laughs> he wants it. He wants yeah, he to does. come in. He's made it known he wants to play some plays on offense. Yeah, so I don't. I wouldn't have brought him back this year and paid him, but definitely not. Next up is Fumble Man himself, Tyler Bray. He'll be here, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it'll be the same. Really? Excuse. Yeah, it'll be the same excuse that he knows the Andy Reid offense and. You know, no matter how much he sucks, every time we put him out there, he's the only other guy that knows the Andy Reid offense. Who else is going to back up Patrick Mahomes? Unfortunately, yeah, I think he'll be here. Well, because my tiny little brain can't get around that, I say no. <laughs> I, say I no. hope you're There's right. No. 
there's no way. I haven't been right about a damn thing all year long, but there's no way. There's no way they bring back Tyler Bray. And no way for right Bray. Right there, people. We know he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I I could. I'm like Travis. I could 100% see them bringing him back because I don't think you're gonna. Well, and I for one, I I'm not paying anybody to come back. I don't. I I don't want a veteran. Unless it's Chase Daniel, and that's only because I'm basically signing him to be a coach, and that's well, it. But and even then, I'm paying. I'm you know, you're getting league minimum, dude. I'm not paying a backup quarterback any money at all. Well, so well, it's either sign Bray for nothing because he at least does know the system. He's been here for five years, or but he still can't get anything done. <laughs> or just I'd rather throw someone draft. in that doesn't know the system. <laughs> Well then, I mean, do what I then. I mean, you're with me. Then I would just get an undrafted free agent or take somebody in the sixth or seventh round and go with it. Well, since I'm, I'm making a habit of of saying ridiculous things, I don't, I don't, I think the system's going to change a little bit. I don't, I don't think I think I think there's going to be some certain things that are going to change, especially with Mahomes at quarterback. I don't see Mahomes. Going out there and doing, you know, I don't see Andy Reid wanting Mahomes to go out there and do the same things and do the same plays that Alex Smith could do because Patrick Mahomes can do so much more. And for God's sakes, he's got to understand. Reid has to understand that. And I don't see, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see. I know, I know. Look what but I don't do see McNabb and Owens. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't see. I don't see Tyler Bray coming back. It's he's. He's garbage, and if you if you have to have a backup quarterback, you don't you want somebody that can at least take a snap. I mean, it's just you know hey, he could take a snap. He just couldn't hand it off after the snap. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that he could <laughs> handle the snap. Wasn't like the first snap a fumble? Yeah, yeah, the first snap of the game he fumbled. He tried to hand it off to uh, Hunt and fumbled it. I don't. I or like, not Hunt, but I think that West. the only reason they kept him around this year was to back up Patrick Mahomes next year because honestly I don't see the point in keeping three quarterbacks. If you're if you're at your third string quarterback, you know you're not going anywhere. Unless you're the Vikings who literally just found a diamond in the rubble somehow and had just the best luck in the world with Case Keenum as their third string running or er, quarterback. What are you really expecting from a third string quarterback? I'm not expecting yeah. anything. If you, if your starter goes down, bring someone else in. It, yeah. You're you're not going to win much games, even if your third string quarterback's been there for five years. It's not going to yeah. happen. And, and I mean, I'm not that worried about even a backup quarterback because, I mean, no backup quarterback has ever that was a free agent has ever won a Super Bowl. So, well, it's good for if you know I mean, you have like where Alex Smith goes down for one game a season, like to, to kind of carry you over that one game. I get having a okay backup. Uh, I was okay with Foles. I think they paid him way too much, but, and I think that that's a huge problem with paying uh, our backup quarterback way too much money. Uh, but yeah, just back to I think that they will bring back Tyler Bray just because he knows the read office because it's so hard to learn, guys. Yeah, but Mahomes learned it in like three months. It just took Alex five years. Okay, enough about Tyler Bray. Ooh. DeAnthony Thomas. No. 
No, I hate that he went out the way he did, but but I don't think we'll see him back. If he would have if he would have gotten some kind of traction as a kick returner, I would say yes. But I think that the the kick returning was his only way to make it back to this team and you know, we we saw what our kick returning was without Tyree Kill this year. It was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, I mean, kick returning was his only hope, and he was absolutely garbage at kick returning. So <laughs> that kind of strike three year out. Uh, he gone. Terrence, Terrence Mitchell. Mm. He only made $690,000 this year. Obviously, it depends on the money like everybody else, but I could see him coming back. I could. I think that there's worse corners on this roster. Kenneth Hacker, Philip Keynes, literally anyone else below Steven Nelson. But, and I don't think that Revis should come back on that kind of money. So I, I, I think he'll be back next year. I I think I think we we could see Terrence Mitchell back, yes. I think, I think we should see Terrence Mitchell back. I'm not saying he should be back as our number two corner, but... No. If he's your number three or number four corner, well, you're looking, you're looking pretty good there then. So, and only making six hundred ninety thousand this year, and nobody is talking about him like he's outstanding. So it's not like he's going to be asking a butt ton of money. Probably yeah, bump him up to league minimum. So I don't see <laughs> veteran minimum and probably get him. I mean, if you can get that for veteran minimum or a little above, I don't see why not. Nacho Raquin Nunez Roches. Mm. That's one I really don't know. Um, I think that the with with R and R, the thing for me is there's so much hype on him going into the season. You know, he gained some weight below the waist, got some power in his legs. And looked really good in the preseason, but then was just kind of meh all season. He he was never a guy that really stood out. Um, you know, I know that he was kind of your backup, fill-in, rotational guy, but I don't I don't think he he'll be back. No. I think Two yellow be. gloves, man. Two <laughs> yellow gloves. He's coming back. I, I, I think I think he'll probably be back. Uh, I mean, they made a big deal about how him being gone from the playoff game was such a big loss, and he was only making six hundred and fifteen thousand last year. So he's another guy. You're not looking at a big bump in salary, and to me, he's kind of like an old Sean Smith guy, the old lineman, not the corner he seems to get more excited than just about anybody and i do love that yeah for for a backup guy who can give me some energy when he comes in come flying in here and there for what they can get him for price wise i mean if he was asking two three four million then no definitely not but he's gonna get league minimum so i'm i'm good with league minimum and i and i think they'll bring him back like i said as much as they talked about him the last two should be pretty quick. So they are Rameek Wilson and Terrence Smith. I don't think either come back. 
if one does come back, it'll be Terrence Smith for whatever reason known to man. <laughs> yeah, they're they're both gone. Uh, I, I mean, Ramik was gone after what week four anyway. So yeah, I think they're both gone. Well, so, and I think that, that they only really kind of played Ramik in week seventeen just to kind of hoping he'd have some splash plays and basically trade bait, but I, I don't think I don't even think they'll get a trade for him. I think they'll just end up cutting him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent, so. But I, I think they just played him because they wanted to let Johnson, Raglan, and Pierre Lewis all get the day off, so somebody's got to play. But, yeah, I, I think both those guys are gone. They're just, you know, jag guys, last name on the list, so. All right, so that's all of the unrestricted free agents, right? Yep. All right, so now each person pick one person that you would not be surprised if was cut, even though their contract is not up. Well, can we all just agree on Alex Smith and get that one out of the way? Well, yeah, that, yes. that one doesn't count. <laughs> Besides Alex um, Smith. And I you mean, can't pick the same as the other guy. You can agree. D, but D Ford. I can agree. He's He's got to be gone. If he's back, they don't give him crap. He's he's garbage. He sucks. I'm sorry. He's I been hope here he's for- gone, especially considering. But I could also see him and his doctors saying that he is not healthy come time to sign that fifth year option, and they'll be forced to bring him back. And that would be a huge knock on. That'd be a big strike on Veach for not cutting him the second he got hurt instead of putting him on IR. They shouldn't have ever put him on IR. Well, they, they had already just... done the fifth-year option, so should, wouldn't they have had to... Like, since they already did the fifth-year option, well, I guess they still could have cut him. I think if they put him on IR, though, that's what brought in the... Uh, yeah, they pass so a, freaking If long. they never put him on IR, I think they could have just cut him the, net, the day after the season and not have been worried about it. But when you go on IR, you have to, you have to pass a physical to get off IR. I thought you pretty much had to do a physical either way before your fifth-year option was signed. Or basically it was time for that fifth-year option, and then either way, if he wasn't healthy, then yeah. they were to pick up the fifth-year option. But either then they never should have picked up the fifth-year option in the first place. Oh, I agree. $8 million for him. I don't even care if he had a decent year this year. $8 million was still way too damn much because he sucks. I agree. Bad. So he if, if he's back then that was either a complete screw-up on Veach from the get-go, or they're just stupid and don't care. All right, Chris, who's, yeah, your, I, who's your guy? I agree. I, I want D. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick someone different. My guy. <laughs> you got to pick someone uh, different. Do, does not play well with others. Um, But I do agree. I do agree. Uh, you can get a much better outside linebacker for the money that you're going to save. Um, getting rid of him. Uh, just, uh, I mean, I think we're all kind of on the same page here, so I think we're all going to agree with each other. I don't, you know, Derek Johnson's gone. Um, I think they will give him an offer uh, to restructure his contract, come back and, and to play and finish out his career. Um, I, but if... Uh, but that's the only way. That's the only way. Um, I think I think Derek Johnson's gone. 
Yeah, I think I think I think if they give him even a pretty much low blow offer, he'll come back. Um, he's made it known that he wants to play. Um, I think Derek Johnson and Tom Bahali will be gone. Um, I guess for my guy, I don't think or want to be gone, I guess, but I would not be surprised as Ron Parker. Um, I haven't, I, I want to go back over his film, but I've heard a lot of people talking about, uh, poor play from, from him and, you know, some issues. I think the whole defense had issues this year. I think that Eric Berry, you know, not being there made a lot of issues for the defense and Sutton not changing some stuff up with Barry not being on the field, DJ not being himself. So I do want to take a look into that, but I would not be surprised if Ron Parker was gone. Um, Honestly, I think that I would rather see Daniel Sorensen gone. I'm completely tired of watching Daniel Sorensen miss tackles and blowing coverages, but I don't obviously don't think that after, you know, the season after making a deal, they're going to cut him. Yeah, I mean, I, Parker's one of those on-the-fence ones because he's, you'd save $5 million on the cap if you cut him. But... You know, Sorensen is the guy I'm sure we'd all like to cut, but Sorensen, you're only saving. Where's his number here on my sheet? He's getting paid. His cap number's four point eight, and if we cut him, we only we still have to pay him three, so we only save one point eight. Whereas Parker is gonna make seven, but if you cut him, you only pay two. So you'd actually, if you cut Sorensen, you'd actually pay him more than if you cut Parker. So. If you're saying you got to get rid of one cap wise, you'd think Parker just because it made more sense. But I'm like you with Barry, and maybe if what? he comes back, they both look great with Barry. So what? Barry, maybe you're saying they're good two three guys, so you bring them back. I, I think if you can, if you can get Parker, 2016 Parker. You know, like I said, I haven't gone back and like done a film review on Parker, but from what I'm hearing. So, but if you go back to 2016, Ron Parker with Eric Berry and, uh, you know, the limited role of Daniel Sorensen, I think that you should keep Parker. Um, of course, all of this depends on, you know, what kind of packages are going to run next year. Is Bob Sutton going to be here next year? Let's convert into that. <laughs> Segway. Segway. So do you guys think that Bob Sutton will return? Because we have not heard anything as of yet. Uh, it's been very quiet. I know it hadn't even been a week yet, but a lot of people thought that if we lost the Titans game that it would have been pretty much immediate. So do you guys think that Bob Sutton will be here next year? I think he's. I think we got one more day. I think if he's not gone by the end of Friday, we're recording this Thursday nights, so if by the end of the day on Friday he's still there, yeah, I think he's your D coordinator. I think they could wait till Friday just to get it in at 4.59 and pass the news cycle so they don't have to answer any questions and nobody talk about it. But if he's still there at 5 o'clock tomorrow, I think it's almost a lock he's still in. I mean, nobody's even reporting that he might be out other than fake Ian Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, I fell for. But that was a very well done fake Ian Rappaport. So the fact that there's no smoke, there's no smoke, 
nobody's I mean not even chief guys like Kaiser or uh, Trez Paler or any of them nobody has any smoke on this so I think he's staying and quite frankly even if he goes they're just going to promote Gibbs or Thomas because Andy refuses to hire anybody outside of his guys he's paid to get there so that he's got a bunch of yes men who'll do whatever he says because they owe everything they got to Andy so I think you better get used to Suttonville. Yeah, if I don't see any good reasons of of if he was going to be if he was going to be fired, it would have already happened. So I I imagine uh, I imagine imagine Sutton will be the guy next season. I I have a feeling I'm with I'm right there with you guys. I think he'll be back next season unless we hear something uh, Friday afternoon. But either way, whether Sutton comes or, you know, even if Sutton leaves, can we just quit with the Rex Ryan talk? I, I think that that is an absolute joke that people really think uh, that could work. Uh, I, I don't, one, I don't see Rex Ryan going back down to a coordinator position. Also, I think that Rex Ryan is way too outspoken and, you know, brings too much, uh, what's the word, you know, basically distraction um and i think he's he's got way too much of a personality to be under andy reed i think that uh those two would just collide way too often i i I do not see rex ryan for any means coming to kansas city no i don't either i mean there's not enough food in the buffet and there's not enough (laughs) room on the sidelines for the egos to go against each other might be some left over yeah yeah sure and while we're at it listen Let's end the Del Rio talk, too. I think yeah. that's equally as ridiculous. I mean, I, I think if you're looking outside, which, like I said, I, I would bet my house that he does not go outside because for those who haven't checked like I have, Andy Reid has never hired a, def- a coordinator outside of his own staff. When he was in Philly, he was so addicted to hiring people that were already on his staff that he named an offensive line coach the new defensive coordinator. Which so is maybe something another thing that needs to change. Uh, Andy's got a ton of stuff he needs to change. Oh, but I after agree. nineteen years, and everybody's been saying it for nineteen years. So, like play calling, he's not giving it up until two years down the road when B enemy's getting head coaching jobs and they say he's giving up play calling. So he's not gonna do it. He's just not. We all know he should, because after nineteen years of not changing Maybe it's time he should change because, hello, what you're doing ain't working. But Andy's ego won't let him do it. Same reason his ego won't let him fire his kid from being the offensive line or defensive line coach when one of the biggest problems we had this year was our defensive line. So, Well, I think that was, you know, like we said, this year as a whole, the whole defense really took a step back. I think that – I honestly think that the, you know, the – Defensive line coach, his son, I think he's actually done a pretty good job. I think he's developed some pretty good players over the years. I think that, um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't really have a problem there as much. Um, but like I said, I think the whole defense took a step back this year. I, don't, I think it's one year being bad. I think that we saw some pretty good guys last year step up into their roles when we were having to bring in guys after all the injuries. I think. He did just fine, but I agree. I think that we need to bring someone 
from outside in and try something new for once. Of course, that's not going to happen, but, you know, we need someone that's more aggressive. Uh, you, know, you know, we talk about uh, the blitzing, and Sutton does not blitz. I'm sorry, guys, but it is a very rare occasion, and every year Sutton is the uh, – his defense blitzes the least amount in the league. I mean, you talk about being predictable and never catching a quarterback off guard. We never blitz. It's very rare, and it's very frustrating. You know, whenever you do see a blitz, you you almost turn into a giddy little girl on her birthday because you're so excited to see something different instead of just four guys rushing. Yeah, um, it's. I think I, mean, I, if we I have... do. I think something needs to change. I think that uh, the scheme needs to change. Uh, you know, you don't have the guys to run the same scheme anymore that you've been running the last few years. This year proved that. So. I think something needs to change, but I don't think it will. Well, the biggest problem is you got to be willing to change. And that's the biggest problem with this whole staff. I think somebody forgot to tell Sutton that Eric Berry wasn't there all year. Or that DJ because, wasn't himself. Because Daniel Swanson kept being in the box like Eric Berry was. I'm like, dude. I saw him as in much the box as I say Eric Berry's overrated. Ooh, as much as I say Eric Berry's overrated and... I get shit for calling out Eric Berry. He's a badass linebacker. When they have him come up and play the extra linebacker in the nickel so you can play the nickel even on running downs, it's good calling because Berry can do it. Literally nobody else on the team can do that. (laughs) So when he's gone, take all those plays, tear them up, or put them in a folder that says 2018. Because you can't run those plays without him there. Well, and of all the games to bring Sorensen down, it's against a team that can only run the ball. You know, yeah. like there's what are you really scared of in the passing a game against the Titans? Delaney Walker, maybe? You know, Eric Decker proved he wasn't that good this year. They had nobody. Delaney no. Walker was a single person. The only thing the Titans do well is the run game. And if there's any game that they should have loaded up the box, let Reggie Ragland, you know, you know, do his thing. No, instead we're having DJ and Daniel Sorensen in the box. Yeah, mind blowing. Well, well, then there's the. I mean, they've I've shown they've shown the uh, touchdown that he had the 35 yard touchdown that Henry had. Neither Ragland nor DJ were in the game, and it was first and ten. But it's player execution. And, yeah. <laughs> and like that one, that one was play calling. They had three guys lined up on the right side of the center, and two of them were Ron Parker and Daniel Sorensen. Was that the was that the play that they only had one down lineman on a very obvious run play? Uh no. No, they had more than one down lineman, but it was I remember they only had one a on the right side obvious, of the ball. Obvious run play that actually got a pretty decent gain, too. Uh, they only had one down lineman. <laughs> yeah. Well, the players lacked an execution of being in the right place, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it was definitely not Bob Jeez. Sutton. So, yeah. That, I mean, or, no, it is Bob and, Sutton, but not only when you're talking about defense, not offense, guys. Sorry. And I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm just i just surprised they didn't get rid of Sutton just because I thought that was going to be their scapegoat. 
I mean, we lost another, gave up another record, and God knows we can't blame Andy Reid, so somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Well, maybe that was the Matt Nagy. You know, blame him. He's already out the door. Yeah, except for they both stood up for each other with the whole, well, I mean, I called plays. No, no, I called plays. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm going to say Nagy called plays. That way, Nagy can get a good job. Oh, now the play calling was horrible? Okay, I'll say now I was calling plays, so that way he looks better. And then Nagy gets the job, and he says, oh, I called every play because I know Andy's getting a bunch of crap back home, so I'll take full blame on that. Well, this is, big, the good, this is the big, you know, the good old boy system that Andy's running where nobody will talk back to Andy. Nobody will go outside the box because... You have a car in a house because Andy Reid gave it to you. And so you're not going to go. How much are any of these guys ever going to go against Andy? Well, no, because they're going to they're standing in line waiting for their opportunity to leave and get yeah. a head coaching position, which why? I mean, I don't know. A fourth of the league is Andy Reid head coaches and none of them do anything except for Harbaugh. Harbaugh did good with the Ravens. Literally, know, we'll, we'll see what Doug Peterson does. I mean, he was on pace, but Wentz going down really kind of slowed that. And of yeah. course, you got Nick Foles in there uh, about to play this weekend in a playoff yeah. game. So I, I, I think they're out of that one. Yeah. Which is you funny. Know, everybody wanted Nick Foles to start for Kansas City last year, and now he starts, and everybody's like, "Well, the Eagles stand no chance because Nick Foles is playing." Holy crap! Yeah, but that they, he doesn't have Andy Reid now because remember, Andy Reid is the quarterback guru. Oh yeah, that's right. Because Alex Smith is the first four thousand yard passer he's ever had, but man, he makes great quarterbacks. Yeah, man, he 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 developed Michael Vick. Uh, he turned him into a pocket passer. It wasn't it wasn't about his age and being out of the league and realizing he couldn't run anymore and had to pass more. That was Andy Reid. He also, yeah. I even heard one person say that he was there to develop Favre. Get out. Get out. He I'm didn't, not, I'm not he even going to go into that. was the offensive line coach. Exactly. Super. The only person you could say. Until the year after. Right. The only person you can say he developed that was worth anything was Donovan McNabb. And they still didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not and on it, this train he, of him being this quarterback guru and they need to keep him around for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and he doesn't develop them. People like, well, he got the best out of these guys. Yeah, but then they suck when they go somewhere else. So he doesn't develop them. Well, if you develop was... Kevin Cobb, then Kevin Cobb would have been a decent quarterback wherever he went. Yeah, he may not have been Brett Favre because Kevin Cobb only had a certain high of a ceiling. But he should have been decent. But no, he leaves Andy Reid. He's complete garbage. Okay, that means Andy Reid is a good play caller back in the day. Obviously, this is 10 years ago. You know, okay, he can get good guys for one year. Look at Alex Smith. He's been here for five years. He just now got the best season for five years. And still choked in the playoffs. Yeah, and still choked in the playoffs. So I'm interested to see what he does with Mahomes because he's never had a quarterback like Mahomes, ever. But like we said, Brett Favre was Brett Favre long before Andy Reid got there. So he's never had a quarterback with his playbook. I mean, what's his playbook his whole career has been West Coast, Love Joe Montana. Joe Montana and Steve Young, they never had arms like Patrick Mahomes. West Coast system is made for guys without arms because they're the dink and dunk passes. Well, Andy Reid's going to have to come up with a whole new offense to do Patrick Mahomes. Or is Andy Reid going to say, nope, my offense, 
we'll we'll get we'll we'll have you figure out my offense, Patrick, and we'll we'll run it my way, and then I you think that's exactly completely kill do. it. I, th- you know? I think so, that honestly, I think that he held back McNabb to a certain extent. I think yeah, McNabb so, uh, could have been a better quarterback than he was, but was held back by that scheme, and you know, even even Terrell Owens couldn't save that. Oh, well, like I said, this is the first time he's had a four thousand yard passer ever. But he's a well, and if it, guru. If it serves my memory correct, I mean Donovan McNabb wasn't necessarily a scrub to begin with. Um, so, too I mean, I mean, pick. <laughs> I mean, you you could say that Andy Reid keeps good quarterbacks good, rather than say he develops them into a good quarterback. Um, but it's you know the biggest problem I see with Andy Reid and and his staff both in Philadelphia and in Kansas City, is uh, every single one of them, no matter who it is, whether it's Peterson, Nagy, whether it's Sutton, whoever, none of them are capable of making adjustments. None of them. You know, you mentioned mentioned Bob Sutton um, acting like Eric Berry was out there. He didn't change anything. Everything stayed the same like Eric Berry was out there, and Eric Berry wasn't. There's a difference between Eric Berry and Daniel Sorensen. Great players make decent players good. Daniel Sorensen is maybe not either. He's he's neither a great player or a good player. He's he he may be an okay player that can be decent. Um, Marcus Peters is the only star in the secondary other than Eric Berry. So if Eric Berry's out there, of course Ron Parker is going to have a better season. Of course Terrence Mitchell's going to have a better season. And if Berry is healthy next year, all year, I I would be okay with Ron Parker and Terrence Mitchell, maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying I don't want to change at the second cornerback spot, because I do. I want them to bring somebody in. But it's just like, it's. I think you mentioned this uh, on the last episode, Britt. They acted like Travis Kelsey was still out there, and he wasn't. There's no adjustment. There's no adjustment. There's no adjustment on either side of the ball um, when when there needs to be an adjustment. There's no – when's the last time you said, man, did you see the way the Chiefs came out of halftime? I think my yeah. big, even bigger issue, like, yeah, they, they don't make adjustments well at all. Um my biggest issue is the fact that both those guys, Andy Reid and Bob Sutton, are both guys that think their plays can beat anyone. They don't they don't scheme and play to their opponent. Now, they did a little bit with the Cowboys and the Bills, and you saw the run defense look really good. You saw when Raglan got a big uh, step up in his um, in his plays. They did really well against the run, but we don't. We don't ever. And this Tennessee game was a perfect example that they don't play to their opponent. They think that their schemes, their plays will work against anybody, and we have seen that doesn't work. And if you look at the, uh, you know, the coaches that have had success in the playoffs and or just in general, they scheme to their opponent, and we don't have that. Has a huge issue in Kansas City is scheming to your opponent. If your opponent is really good at running the ball and has 
a very mediocre or below average pass game, why in the world are you not stacking the box and playing the run? Yeah. Uh, and, and you said earlier, you know, that Tennessee, you know, they were known more for their run game than their, than their pass game. And, and, and their run game was garbage. I mean, Henry w- led the team and he didn't even have 600. yards uh, on the no, season. Henry I don't believe hundred something. Uh, DeMarco Murray on had the 600 and he was a leader. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Under 800 yards. You're not, you're not a hell of a running game or a running team. If your your lead back gets less than 800 yards and well, but you had two guys over and, and 600. We, and we made we made Henry look like uh, you know look look like a Pro Bowler, and he's not. He's not. And uh, so it, it's. <sighs> I think Henry's going to get the starting job next year, and Demarco Murray's out. Sure, and I still don't he think should. he's going to get over 800 yards. I think I don't think he's. I don't, I'm I'm not sold. We have a tendency here at Chiefs Kingdom of making other teams look really really good at times, and 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 players, garbage players. And I'm not calling Henry a garbage player, but he's he's not a thousand yard rusher in my opinion. Uh, I just uh, you got to be able to make adjustments. And you, the most alarming thing that I've heard in this episode, other than my ridiculous uh, predictions. Yeah, we're going to stop letting you do that. Is the (laughs) You'll never stop me. (laughs) The most alarming thing I've heard is, is will Andy Reid, you guys don't think Andy Reid is going to change up the playbook. That should be the the thing that Chiefs fans fear the most. I'm not even going to call it Andy Reid's offense. I'm going to call it Alex Smith's offense. You cannot... You cannot make Patrick Mahomes run Alex Smith's offense. Bet. Because they're, they're, it's Alpha and Omega right there. It's night and day. It's good and bad. If if that happens, then I will jump on the bandwagon and, and I will become a Reed hater because that tells me that this man does not know how to coach. He does not – He it's kind of already obvious that he doesn't know how to lean one way or the other, depending on the circumstance that he's faced with. But Patrick Mahomes has, has to have a different playbook coming into next season. And if Andy Reid doesn't realize that or doesn't think that he, he needs to do that, honestly, I see lots of problems between Mahomes and Reid, to be, to be you know, honest with you guys, because Patrick Mahomes is going to do Patrick Mahomes things. And he's there's a good chance that if Andy Reid wants him to be Alex Smith out there, Andy Reid's going to have big problems with Patrick Mahomes next season because Mahomes isn't going to do it. I, I don't buy in that at all. I, I I think Mahomes is going to do his thing. To me, he he's that type of road quarterback that's like, all right, this is the call, but this that's not going to work. We're going to do this, and I and and it's something to watch. It's something to look look for, but that. The offense has to be completely different. I'm not saying throw out the the old playbook, but you've got to run your offense a completely different way with Patrick Mahomes uh, out there. You have to. I agree that you have to. I just don't know that he will, and I hope I'm wrong. But like I said earlier, I think that Andy Reid held back Donovan McNabb. So that's something we'll have to – Wait and see with uh, next season, but uh, I think that's going to be the wrap up for the show today. Um, you know, we're we're going to be doing a one a week podcast. They'll come out on Fridays. 
Uh, so all se- all off season, we'll still be talking about the Chiefs. We'll be talking about what they're doing, uh, and you know our thoughts as the road goes along. We'll cover each position group and all that fun stuff. So definitely keep tuned. Uh, you know you'll still have some talk about Chiefs football at least once a week here on the Blitz Package. So let us know what you guys want to hear, and we will talk to you guys next time. Chiefs will be better in 2018. Well, now we're screwed. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. If you want to hear more, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see the content that your hosts put out there, you can find myself at NFL, or you can find my content on Arrowhead Addict. Just search for Travis Stefan. If you want to hear more from Britt Zank, then you can find him at bzank17 on Twitter, and he also is an Arrowhead Addict contributor. If you want to find more on Chris Taylor, make sure you find him on Twitter at ctaylor1911, or you can find his stuff over at kckingdom.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.